Danielle Houston. I'm the host of this podcast, The Checkup. I'm also a client advocate here at Locked In Companies. This month is April. It's Financial Awareness Month, which seemed to be a really great time then to invite my friend Brandon Steele to come on to my podcast and talk about what he and Mainsail are doing specifically this month around education, but then to talk about this collision between your retirement planning and your employee benefits. And oftentimes these two things are left incredibly separate, and yet the data, the statistics all tell us they're very connected. So I'm looking forward to hearing Brandon's thoughts around that. That's what you can expect to hear today. But first, I want to welcome Brandon Steele. He is a chief financial planner and a CHFC. What is CHFC, Brandon? Chartered Financial Consultants. <laughs> okay, see, I'm already learning something today. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so he's a financial planner. He's a CEO and co-founder of Mainsale Financial Group. They are in Bellevue, Washington. He graduated from Washington State University, and he has spent the last decade working to help educate and prepare families for retirement. In 2021, Brandon wrote his first book, Retire by Design, where he shares thoughtful strategies to help readers design a purposeful retirement plan. Additionally, Brandon's been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, and Puget Sound Business Journal, among others. In his free time, Brandon is an avid golfer and enjoys spending time with his dog, Sophie. But this morning, he's spending time with us. Good morning. Thank you for the introduction. Well, welcome to the checkup. Um, I was a guest on your podcast last year, and we talked about employee benefits and some strategies that employers um, could consider and, and think about with you know their own organizations. But I'm really glad to have the opportunity to have you come here and talk to my listeners. And I think I mentioned this. It makes sense to do it, especially during Financial Awareness Month, where hopefully we're all kind of taking a look at what are some of the things we could do better? What are some of the steps we can take? Um, the numbers around saving for retirement in particular are quite, uh, it's, it's a little scary. Would you say so? I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, looking at average savers or average retirement accounts can be a little, um, a little concerning for sure. Yeah. And I, and I also want to say that I appreciate the amount of education that you put out through social media. You know, it's free. They are these really great bites of information, I think finance can be so intimidating. And since so many of us really didn't learn early enough or maybe at all about some of these concepts, that makes it even more intimidating. And, you know, if you're in a retirement planning meeting at your work or you have someone come out and you're in a group, I often think that people are even more concerned about asking the questions because who wants to point themselves out as saying like, I don't know. And everybody else seems to do that. Um, so I appreciate that effort of making it accessible. And I think you and I have some similar, um, you know, passions around that in our respective places. So specifically to Financial Awareness Month, what are you and Mainsail doing? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for um, thanks for 
the nice words too. I, I think that we we try really hard to to focus on education. I'll, I'll maybe I'll back up a little bit and I'll share a little bit about the financial awareness. So financial education has always been super important to me. It's why I wrote the book. Why you know we do a lot on social because quite honestly, I had no idea about a lot of these things growing up. Like finances weren't really a topic that that was covered in our house. So I had to learn kind of firsthand and, you know, through books and all that stuff. And so that's kind of why this is so important to me to get this stuff out is hopefully get the right information out there and, and make sure people feel empowered moving forward. Um, so, yeah, so we do, I mean, we do a lot on social. We, you know, we try and share a lot of articles that are relevant at the time. We, you know, do like a weekly update talking about the markets and the data out there. Um, but specifically for Financial Awareness Month, we had been and still are super excited that we, we actually offered a, a free seven-day financial challenge to start the month. So it is wrapped up now, but you can find it on my Facebook page if you still want to watch the, the videos and kind of tune into some of the days that we covered. Um, but it was a lot of fun. So, you know, there's a lot of work going into it. We were super excited for it and just kind of had a new topic every day. We touched on everything from you know, basic expenses and budgeting, although uh, maybe a new flavor of budgeting at least, uh, all the way to estate planning and, you know, looking at trusts and things like that. So we, you know, we kind of went through the whole gamut there. Nice. Well, I, so you're on Facebook, is it your personal page or is it a main sale page? It's on both. Um, okay. But there's, there's usually a little bit more on my personal page if, if you want to check that out. Okay. Well, I, you know, I encourage people to do that because whether it's April, May, or maybe you're listening to this later, uh, it is never too late to take some steps toward saving. And I have to coach myself through that too, Brandon, because, you know, like you, I didn't learn much as a young person and most of it was trial and error. And I'll, I'll save the, um, you know, some of the stories for maybe another time, but one of my favorite stories about talking about 401k is my very first experience with, you know, an HR lady and, you know, it was my first real job. And I think I was maybe 20 years old and her name was Mary Lou. And she cornered me in the mailroom one day to ask me why I wasn't saving in my 401k. And she explained the money I was leaving on the table and, uh, Mary Lou had no idea really what I was going through in my personal life or how that seemed like such an incredible amount of money. You know, I could do a lot with $20 in a week back in 1995 ish, you know? So, um, you know, so I appreciate these conversations about helping people where they are, because I think often there's an assumption that people aren't saving simply because they don't care or they don't have enough self-control to not stop at Starbucks. And there is a population within an, within every organization where that's absolutely not the case. Yeah. So along those lines, um, you know, I love, I love the approach with the financial challenge this month. What are you doing with employers who are looking at their retirement plan saying we need to increase engagement? Why aren't people saving? So we do, uh, we do quite a bit. Actually, um, maybe before I get into kind of what we're doing now, we also actually are launching a program coming up in June uh, called Life Raft is what we're calling it but it's a purely educational platform. So like a monthly subscription basis, but we are really excited about that because it's another opportunity just to kind of like dig in even further and really get that education out there. Um, so that'll be something new that we're gonna be offering very, very soon here. 
But you know, looking historically and kind of what we do today, um, I think number one is is obviously the clients that we work with directly is making sure that they are taking advantage of group benefits, um, making sure that their plan is based on what benefits they're plugged into and how it all fits together, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times you'll hear this general, you know, rule of thumb type of advice, but you know, things like emergency funds could be radically different for somebody who has a high deductible healthcare plan versus somebody who has a low deductible, for instance. Um, so there's all kinds of things like that that factor in. And I think at like the roots of what we do, that is the, the area we make the biggest difference is making sure that the advice we're giving factors in all those benefits and you know everything's being looked at as, um, as a whole, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think that is probably one of the good first steps that an employer can take toward what are they doing and what do they have and to look at it all together. Um, because to your point too, um, there might be an employee assistance plan that includes some financial resources or uh, you know, maybe there is some other education that's connected into a disability plan or something. Often there's just all these embedded things that people don't think about and they don't look at, but the ways that those, those two pieces can fit together and work together, there's, there's likely some leverage between. Yeah. The, I think the, the legal plan is one that's missed a lot. So a lot of employers will have a, you know, group legal type of um, plan or discount or whatever the case might be. And so if you're getting some of those legal documents in place, that can be a great starting point, especially uh, if you have a more simple situation. Yeah. So one of the things that you and I talked about um, prior is that, you know, the statistics are around the connection of people's physical health and their financial health. It's really undeniable. People who are stressed about money, paying their bills, they don't have a savings account. These are the folks who demonstrate a lot of stomach issues, Um, depression, anxiety, high blood pressure, unmistakable things that are connected to health events that for other reasons and many reasons we would really like to help people avoid. So looking at it from that lens in particular, um, what, what would you recommend for an employer on that retirement side to start doing, to bring, bring this together. Like I know my side, but what about your side? Uh, yes. So first off you're spot on. I mean, all the stats and numbers will tell you that all day long. Um, and I think that's, that's part of why probably both of us feel this education step is so important. And I think that's probably what I would suggest to start is, you know, is like another, to come back to your question a minute ago too. Another thing that we do for a lot of groups locally is, is educational workshops. So we'll come in and we'll talk about not only the group benefits, but everything we just talked about in terms of how that relates to other savings and all that good stuff. Um, And I think that that's probably a really good starting point for a lot of employers is to make sure that there is some, that there is some education around, you know, not only the group benefits, but things outside of that, because it may not seem like all that stuff necessarily comes full circle, but it definitely does. And, you know, we've noticed that the groups that do implement a lot of this educational type of, of, um, of information, 
they, they also see that their employees are more productive at work. Obviously, to your point, health is in a better place. I mean, it, it really can touch on a lot of different aspects of one's life. So I think that that would be the, um, the ideal starting point for sure, is making sure that those, those resources are available. Yeah, well, you know, and I think when it comes to that piece, um, like a couple of other things that, you know, a, a HR team can do within their workplace, if someone starts to understand their finances better at work, which helps to alleviate some of their health issues, their stress, certainly when they go home too, they're functioning at a completely different level with their family, with their friends and their community, which, you know, win, win win. So, you know, lots of great reasons, you know, to help get in the trenches on some of this and look at it differently. Um, One of the things that I think too, is that, you know, often in working with a client, someone like you and I, who are on these different sides of benefits, aren't often brought together either. Mm -hmm. And I think that is also a really powerful consideration for an employer. Why are you keeping the two advisors separate? I mean, that's what we are, right? And if someone like you and I can sit down with our client information and, you know, I can look at what you have and you can look at what I have and we can come up with a different idea and a different strategy to layer those things together, that also seems like a pretty compelling offering and real teamwork for an employer. Yeah, I agree 100%. You know, when we're doing a lot of those educational uh, workshops, that's something that we try and suggest is that there is that communication because they should integrate and, and you know, the employee should understand how to use the two to to really make the most of the whole picture. Yeah. That's a really good point. What kind of education are you finding is the most impactful for employees? Uh, I might be a little bit biased here just because I I think that this is where we make the biggest difference for our clients. Um, But but I would say tax planning. I think that Mm. there's a lot of like just basic information out there, which is better than nothing. But I do think by just taking a little bit more thought around some of the tax strategies you put in place, um, whether that's through, you know, group insurance benefits or group 401ks and how, you know, the taxes will work in those scenarios. uh, Those are areas where you can really make a huge difference if you just kind of make some of those small tweaks in the right direction over time. Small tweaks. We can do small tweaks, (laughs) right? Where are some of the other opportunities you see maybe for small tweaks for people to really start either saving today or starting to save more? Um, I think, so I think to go back to like, you brought up the, the idea of the Starbucks, right? And, and, and where that money's going. Um, I think that generally speaking, we, we kind of look at this budgeting thing as like a a different flavor of budgeting. It's not just about how much you're spending and telling you to spend in certain areas or not in others. Um, because at the end of the day, and I realize this is very against like the common uh, words that you'll hear. I mean, a Starbucks a month isn't gonna make or break your retirement, right? If that's the case, you've probably got bigger issues. And so what we like to do is to look at expenses in two categories, needs and wants. 
and just understanding that it's not to say that you are doing anything wrong in your spending, but that way you can really look at, okay, what do I actually need every month? Shelter, food, water, right? All, all the essentials. And then what am I spending there versus what I would consider wants? Um, for me, golf is one of those, for instance, um, eating out versus right food at home, all those types of things. And that way you can really understand where you are spending. And if you want to cut because it can make a difference, then you know where you can do so effectively, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. And I think, you know, some of the things that people try to, maybe they get a little too hard on themselves. They look at where they're spending and, you know, in your example, some people could look at your budget and say, you know, spending money to go golf. But on the flip side of that, right, if that's your physical activity, your connection with community, um, time outside, those are all things that are so good for you. So I know like when I look at my budget, I look at the things like, where am I spending where I'm really not getting anything out of it or it's really not great for me, right? Um, are these the things that are really helping to influence the life that I want and the life that I have? Or is it really kind of taking me a couple steps away from that? And that can be a hard internal conversation yeah, to have. Sometimes. That's a good one. Uh, happy hours may, may go on that right? one sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm there because I, you know, I have, I have said this even within our team now that we're getting back from COVID and getting back from COVID, you know what I mean, right? Mm -hmm. People are starting to see each other more often. One of the go-tos is like, hey, let's meet for happy hour. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, let's not. Can we do something else? Because for the last couple of years, if we've been inside more and, you know, again, the numbers are telling us that people have been indulging more, drinking more. The last thing I want to do is necessarily put more into that bucket for myself or anyone else. Right. So like, Hey, could we meet up like at a gym? Can we go for a walk? Can right. we get outside? Um, <laughs> right. Golfing. Of course, it's a great form of exercise. So you and I have talked about this, but I think it would be great for you to share with our listeners. Um, I, well, two things, but let's start with the first one. Why are you passionate about what you do? Yeah, so it goes back to, to my upbringing, basically. I think that's where it all comes from. Um, again, my, my family, like we weren't poor, I wouldn't say, but we definitely didn't have a ton of money. We were, you know, watching things closely and had to kind of keep things tight. Um, and so I think that that's where a lot of this comes from is that because we weren't having those conversations, you know, I, I felt like there had to be a, a way to take a little more charge and create some options. Um, and so that's really where it started. I started kind of like learning more about the industry. I went to school and studied economics. Um, and really when I got out of school, my first interview, I, I had no idea what I wanted to do. First interview was financial planning. And I learned that it was, you know, a lot of this like face-to-face -face thing with clients and helping them, you know, be educated about their choices. That was it. I knew that was it for me. And so, um, you know, like, like you said, it's 11 years now and it's been the best uh, career path I could have gone down. That's for sure. Lots of opportunity to provide a lot of help. Yeah. So for someone listening to this today, if, you know, they're an organization who, you know, thinks that perhaps your services would fit them, 
maybe just share a little bit about what are the, the organizations that you find really good fit with? Sure. Yeah. And you're talking about from the, um, from the company side of, of this company and individual, you know, there, there might be someone listening to this, who's looking at some family events or some other things that could really benefit from some one-on-one with you. Yeah. On the company side of it. So we help a lot of groups with, with 401k business, um, usually smaller groups. So, you know, let's say three to 15 million or so in assets, that type of, of size. Um, but also education. So whether we actually help with the 401k or not, we still offer this free education program um, as just a way to kind of help, obviously, make sure that their group is taking the most advantage of those benefits. So for that, you know, the size doesn't matter a whole lot. Um, The 401k, that's where we're going to be best fit. But a lot of the conversations from there obviously gives us the opportunity to be candid to speak with, you know, anybody who has more questions and all that. So on the individual side, uh, we typically work with folks who are closer to retirement, pre-retirees, retirees, um, and really looking for how do they kind of make the most of what they've put aside and think about tax planning and, and all that good stuff. Okay. And certainly, um, you know, there are lots of folks out there who I'm sure are working toward retirement or making up for all the years that they didn't save and they're trying to get to retirement. Um, so I, I hope that some folks find find you and that uh, you can help them chart a path that they feel really, uh, that they feel comfortable and empowered in, right? Because aren't we all like, I don't want to work forever. <laughs> My goodness. Okay, magic eight ball question. Um, and, and I ask this because I watch your Thursday updates. So okay. for other people listening, if you kind of want to hear what's going on in the economy, what are the things that are shaping, you know, what we're spending for, oh my God, for like gas and all of that Thursdays, right. You post on Thursdays. Love it. Um, interest rates on home loans. What's going to happen? I think, I think we're going to be going higher for a while. Yeah, unfortunately. So I think, you know, we've, we've been, if you look historically, interest rates have been coming down for about 40 years. So we've been in this period where interest rates have come down and down and down and down. Of course, when you get to zero, there's not a whole lot more room to go down. (laughs) And so I think that's what we hit. Now they've bounced very quickly this year. So it's possible that maybe there's a short-term kind of pullback in between, you know, some of the years to come. But, but I imagine that we'll see interest rates continue to climb over, over the years. And, you know, if you were able to get a mortgage at some of the rates, you know, just a year ago, you're probably feeling very happy with, with what you picked up there. I would imagine. <laughs> and, and as my realtor friend was, was trying to, you know, coach me with is like in a lot of ways, while at least when it comes to home loans, seeing that interest rate spike can be discouraging, it likely creates a sort of leveling that our housing market needs. And I don't know if, if you have thoughts around that, but I would imagine as people look around their neighborhoods and see, you know, what's been happening with, you know, the cost of living, it might be a nice question to tackle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're, you're spot on as interest rates get higher, the, the money is more expensive. Right. And so what you'll see, I think, is a little I don't our housing market here specifically is we have a supply issue. Um, And so I don't think that, you know, the housing market may necessarily correct. Obviously, I don't know that for sure. But 
but I do think what we may see is instead of these, you know, offers 600,000 plus over asking, that may start to slow down here a little bit. Or maybe it's, you know, instead of eight offers on one house, it's two or whatever the case might be. Yeah, I think you'll start to see some people kind of get weeded out through that process. Yeah. Always interesting, right? Mm -hmm. the, the ebb and flow of life as we live it and as we watch the world get smaller and, you know, impact the things that happen here, here in our home front. Yep. Yep. And we got a lot going on this year. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Haven't we had a lot going on for the last like three years? That's I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> someone said, someone said yesterday, you know, maybe pretty soon we'll be able to get back to normal staffing and a normal schedule. And, and I, I kind of laughed and I said, can you remind me what normal is? It's been so long. I forget, totally forget. Um, is there anything that I didn't ask you this morning, Brandon, that, um, that you would like to share? No, I don't think so. I think we covered quite a bit. You know, we talked a lot about education and, and how to, I mean, I think the key I'll just reiterate is again, if, if you're listening to this, whether you're on the employer side or employee is making sure that there is, um, that there is some cohesion between group benefits and personal, and they really do all work together. And so I'll just kind of you know, reiterate that point that, that, that really can drive a lot of value. To, to yeah. I, I agree. And I think a really good call to action that, you know, as an organization, you likely do have a number of advisors that you work with and on the benefit side, you know, you probably have at least two and, and beyond that, you have other vendors and, and other, you know, connections in place that help actually create, you know, your package and, and your vision. Um, if you don't have people that are collaborating or willing to collaborate and work together to deliver real outcomes, then it's probably time to consider, you know, other, other partners, because there's a lot of forward thinking you know, individuals and a lot of people who really have a passion to help. And, you know, if we're really going to tackle at the root of what some of these issues are, then it's going to take more than, you know, the one-off conversations, but, but really an effort together. So that would be my call. What's the best way for people to connect with you, Brandon? Uh, they can email me. So Brandon at mainsalefg.com. That stands for financial group. Um, or of course, to your point, you know, check us out on social media. We, we do quite a bit there. So uh, the BL Steel is, is my handle on, I think, everything. Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. And we, we share quite a bit on LinkedIn, especially. So you do. Great, great library of, of resource, I would call it at this point. And I'm always happy to connect people with Brandon as well. Um, you are always welcome to come back. And, and Brandon, as you guys um, start to launch LifeRaft, mm -hmm. um, and you want to come back and share that and talk about that, um, I would be happy to use our platform too to help people connect with great resources. Sure, that would be great. I'd love to do that. All right. Well, everyone out there listening, you can follow my YouTube channel for more content. You can listen to these in podcast on your favorite platform. 
And, you know, I'll just put it out there too. I'm always looking for HR stories or other ways to connect and provide resources too that aren't necessarily in my wheelhouse. So if you have an interest in sharing, uh, reach out because I would love to hear it. And again, if you want to connect with Brandon, please do so. Um, you know, we are here because we know there are people who really do need our services. And we believe that we can do something to help change the tide and bring some optimism to what you're doing and what you're planning for. So thanks for listening to this episode. And until the next time, take good care. 